Um, so, Caro, what are you doing? You're in the lobby, and let's say it's 7.30. Okay. And chapel is at 8.30? Yeah, or is that at chapel's 8? at 8.30. Well, Anders is somewhere. Uh, she doesn't know where. And she kind of doesn't want to hang around in case Luca pops up again. Uh, <laughs> specifically asking for her by fake name. So, yeah, she's she's gonna get out of there and try and, you know, see where chapel is so she can kind of get a sense of the lay of the land if possible are you gonna ask someone about that or are you going to test your your key Uh, against doors like what are you gonna do i think it probably makes sense to ask someone actually so she doesn't really want to speak to helen doyle again for obvious reasons so she's gonna potter on outside oh okay let's see when you go outside you uh where whereabouts so where are you at at yeah she goes she goes to the courtyard to see who's there see if anyone's around because she doesn't really want to talk to helen roll a flat d10 flat d10 okay i got a two cool (laughs) i'm so happy that you did you know who's around the third guy uh the the third guy of the green rose yeah Oh, In fact, he's no. the only person out there. And he's sort of, like, looks really worried, and he's pacing back and forth, and he spots you. I'm going to give you a choice. Either you can try stealth roll here, and you, you will notice him first because you're the one coming outside, or he's going to spot you immediately. I'm going to play dumb, see what information I can get out of him. I will live to regret this, but that's fine. This is why we play the game. Cool. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like, you know, she has, she's gonna act like she has nothing to hide because it's gonna be way more difficult to explain a failed stealth roll. It would really be. You're you're walking into a courtyard and you would be trying to hide like a crazy person, so that would be very difficult to explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he spots you and he makes a beeline towards you. He is very animated. Goodness, what's going into you? Where are they? Who? Sorry. Um, have we? Have we? I feel like we've met. Have we met? Yeah, we you met? were the girl who was eavesdropping on us earlier. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. I, yeah, I'm a bit of a gossip. Um, who? What? The the other guys in that conversation? That I, I I'll admit I was eavesdropping. I'm sorry. I know you were. Yeah. I I just I can't. My ears are burning. You know. I can't. I can't not. Uh, so who are you looking for? Sorry. My friend. Friend, I'm, does his friend have a name? Socrates Colin. Socrates? I won't forget that in a hurry. Were you expecting him to be here, or like, where'd you last see him? I can help you look if you like. He was tracking you and your idiot friend on that elevator. Elevator? To the residential area. Oh, we, we just went to the, you know, we just went to the, you know, to the rec room. We just. I don't care. I don't care. Lots of people screw with their keys, especially newbies. I don't even care. So, before you lie to me, just tell me where he is. I don't think I've seen him. I I haven't seen him since I eavesdropped on your conversation earlier. I'm sorry. I wish I could help. You and Socrates went up the elevator to the residential area. My other friend, Clancy, went up with you. And then 
Clancy was stabbed in the shoulder, and Socrates what? hasn't been seen. No way! Give me a social of nine. Oh. <laughs> yes! Um, so that is a 13 total. Oh, he's too worked up. He, he, he actually believes you. Yeah! Okay. <sighs> Gotta pull it. He got stabbed? What? Yeah, he got stabbed. Oh my god, is he, is he gonna be okay? Like... He's gonna be fine. Oh, good. I mean, but he got stabbed, though. He got stabbed. What? <sighs> Are you telling me you don't know what happened to him? No! What kind of person do you think I am? I... He got stabbed. Who does that? <sighs> All right. He seems to calm down visibly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. You're new here, right? Yeah, we, uh, my cousin and I, we came in a few, few days ago. I mean, time flies, but... Okay. You want to tell me why you were up there? Up? In the residential area. Are we going to do this again? I mean, we pressed a few wrong buttons and we ended up there by accident. And I'm, I was so engrossed in conversation with my cousin. And, like, it it was ages before we even realized we got off the wrong floor. And, like... Who gave you the I mean, burner we key? curious. Huh? Who gave you the burner key? Burner key? Ah... <sighs> uh, well... Uh... Mickey Larson, I went to see him in the hospital, and... Oh. He, you know, he was like, oh... You know, he was really mysterious, I didn't know what it was, and I was gonna tell, like, my cousin about it, and... I don't know, maybe I bumped the, like, key reader with it in my pocket or something, but we end up there... Yeah, I really don't care anymore. So it was, it was Mickey. Yeah... I mean, he seems to be in a really bad way, like, you know... Yeah... Okay, that makes a lot of sense then. He seems to be really thinking about this for a while. Okay, so Mickey Larson gave you guys a burner key and you guys are stupid, so you went up there to I see mean, how far you yeah, could get. Yeah, stupid and curious. Sorry, we shouldn't have been up there. Okay. We didn't we didn't do anything else. We just went back. We just, you know, waited for the lift and went back. Okay. Well, <sighs> Clancy seems to He's not really talking about what happened to him up there. He says he got... Someone was there. Someone was waiting oh. for him. In Mickey's room. Oh, no! In Mickey Larson's room. Very strange. What, do you think Mickey Larson set something up for me and my cousin? What? I mean, Mickey's had problems for a while now. Did he do something that would have well, set him off? No, I mean... I, I mean, I only know him because he recruited me to the organization, and I mean, Wait, he's Mickey, fine. Mickey Larson they... recruited you? Yeah, I, I, I can't, every time I tell people that, they're shocked. And he seemed like a nice guy, and then I was, you know, talking with a couple of other people, and like he was spreading all these like rumors about me. It was really weird. So I don't know what his deal is, but I, you know, I thought I was trying to kind of like extend the olive branch so to speak in the hospital and he was being weird and mysterious and then he gave me this key and yeah like I, I'm, he's, he's weird I don't know what to make of him now like you should just stay away from Mickey Larson okay oh I, I will after that conversation we had in the hospital I, he 
I, I was just there to say hi and he did not want me there. He made that clear and then he gave me this key and uh, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of it. I mean, I mean, it's probably already gone. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, so weird, right? And so you're telling me you have no idea where Socrates is. No, I, I don't know. Like, I can't think. I'm sorry. I, I was, I was talking to my cousin, and I just kind of tunnel visioned. I don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry. What happened to your face? Oh, I, I just, you know, like, that was a weird thing too. Like, just kind of. As player Jess for a minute, I'm kind of like, I can see Carol painting herself into a web of lies. She may not be able to get out of here. I'm really fascinated at how you're gonna are you planning on playing this. Oh, for God's sake. Oh. oh, well, now that you mention it, like, there's like this gap in my memory, and I thought, like, I'd, I'm clumsy me, I tripped and knocked myself out, but like, my cousin was telling me that. Someone attacked me, and like it was this whole big thing, and it's just a whole space of time that I'm not quite sure what happened because I was talking to my cousin in the lift, and then, and then just black, my face hurt. I woke up, my cousin was patching me up, and he said I'd been attacked. Um, and that's I don't know who attacked me. I don't, I don't, I, I guess I kind of remember like someone running away. But like that's all that's it. I don't remember a face or like even if they were wearing our kind of like robes, like He's he's watching you, but he's watching you in a way that's very familiar. He's watching you like a professional would watch you. Damn. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, okay. I need to investigate this more. Oh, I uh, I mean sure, I mean if there's anything I can do to help, like this, it's, it's been really scary the last few days, like... Uh-huh. I, I mean, we're happy to be here, but if there's anything we can do to help... He looks at you, and then he sort of, like, pulls his robe down at the shoulder a little, and you see one of those dark purple doublets. Uh. And he's like, don't worry, you're safe. We'll figure this out. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, but... the. The, the purple under the green, what does that mean? Sorry. I, you know, I've not been told much. Oh. Oh, you don't know what... Oh. No, no one said anything. Oh, right. We just keep an eye out. Because of the way that our organization works, sometimes it's hard to know what people are doing. And so we are just here to make sure everyone stays safe and make sure... We all become more beautiful people together. Ah, so is it just just some of the green robes, or is it all of the green robes, or is it some of each color, or...? <laughs> you have a lot of questions. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really cool that, you know, I feel so much safer with you here, I just want to know... Give me a social of eight. Oh. <laughs> the dice gods are smiling upon me today. Uh, my D10 was a nine, uh, and that's without nice. any points for my skills. So, and he he looks um, he looks flattered, and he's like, "Yeah, we're 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 all over. I mean, we're <laughs> every level of the organization." Wow! Oh, that's so cool. Has a few members like, of the glittering mind. Members of the glittering mind. Sorry. 
Am I getting that right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, the glittering mind. Oh, okay. So, like, you must have had to work really hard to get into, like, a super secret, like, special group like that, right? And he kind of looks down into the side and he, he says, The organization asks a lot from us, but we give what we can. Oh, okay. I, I, I feel like I've crossed a line and yeah, this has gotten very personal. I'm sorry. I hope, I hope you don't think I'm, being, I'm asking too many questions. I'm just, I just want to learn everything, you know? I mean, one of these days it won't even matter, right? If, if things go how we think it will, we won't need the glittering mind. I'm really looking forward to that day. But it seems like you gave so much to be part of it. Why do you want it to end? I I mean, forgive my ignorance. We do what we can to make a better world. Oh, I see. So there won't be a need for you anymore. Because the world will be better. Starting here. Yeah. And he has sort of a wistful expression. And he's smiling. Wow. You've got like really, really big dreams for a better world, haven't you? I mean, that's why we're here, isn't it? That's why we're all here. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just really inspiring. Yeah, well, <laughs> and he sort of laughs. I got I got work I need to do, so. Oh, yeah, sorry. I've taken up so much of your time, and sorry about earlier. We've really cut off on the wrong foot there. I'm sorry. And he puts out his hands to, to shake your hand. Do you shake it? Yes. <laughs> okay, no, it's, it's gonna, fine. Are you... Are you going to make me roll for nope. it? <laughs> uh, it's just a handshake. <laughs> but I love that you're paranoid. Nothing it means is it, just anything. <laughs> it means everything has gone according to play. Uh, yeah, and he goes back to looking around the courtyard and being alone. Do you do anything else while you're here? Oh, bugger, I just remembered I meant to ask him about chapel. Oh, wait, you can... Can I go yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can he's I... still there. Like, you don't have to leave. Oh, oh thank gosh. Okay, she she's still keeping up the kind of, like, wide-eyed newbie persona. She's kind of like, oh, I do have another question. Sorry. Sorry to bother you. I do have another question. Oh. Could, could, I, could I trouble you just for a few moments more? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. What's, what's wrong? I, I, sorry, maybe it's not my place to ask, but I've heard about chapel. And that's, it's really special and it's invitation only. But I was just curious where it was. That's all. I mean, you know, it's probably not my place to ask, but... Oh, why do you need to know that? Your key won't get you into chapel. Oh, no, of course. I'm not... I just want to know where it is. I just want to know where everything is here. That's all. Oh, chapel's on the third floor. Third floor. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sure I won't need it anytime soon, but thank you. I was just curious. Um, I hope you find your friend. Yeah. No, I'll find him, all right. And I'll find whoever's been doing this to us. I hope you do. Best of luck, and... I'll keep my eyes open as well. <laughs> cool. All right. Before it is eight o'clock, and let's um, turn the camera very briefly to Anders, who is now. You know where he is? He's actually in Rocco Bagney's room. Um, and oh, and but does this mean I have to do the voice? <laughs> no, no. Rocco's not there. So Rocco's completely gone. But he's just in his room. Because he oh, wanted okay. to, somewhere he felt safe to look at the necklace. That's fair. So Okay, sure. He takes the necklace out of his pocket, and he, he takes a look at it, and what's he seeing?
Alright, cool. So I actually just have... I'm not very good at describing anything visual, but I actually have an image in my head of what this necklace looks like. Um, so the chain is simple, it's a silver it's a silver chain, it's quite got small little circles. My family knows how to make jewellery, but I, I don't know the terminology, so please forgive oh, me. Oh, you're good. So, yeah, the charm itself is the more interesting part. It looks, for the lack of a better term, like a very tasteful clockwork flower. Huh. Like the petals are constructed and out of like little like gears and things. So it's kind of steampunk, but it's tastefully so. It's not gaudy. It's quite a subtle design. And you've got the flower and then you have the sort of actual pendant it's attached to. And this pendant is not thin, it's at least a couple of millimetres thicker than you would expect the backing of a pendant to be. Okay. So, here's what I want now. Ask away. Give me... I'll make you roll for it. <laughs> oh, I know. Give me a roll to get to the dry dock, the locking, the loading bay, without being seen. Oh. Uh, we said it was 8 o'clock? It is 8 o'clock. Okay, cool. So I'm guessing that any deliveries are long past. There might be a few people milling about in the lobby though. I just keep giving you moderates today, but I'm gonna say, could you roll an eight? An 11. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like a quiet wind blowing through. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just thinking about this really old like internet video where it's like how to be a ninja oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like it's just wind and then like cherry blossoms and then you're gone <laughs> <laughs> you just like fold into yourself <laughs> I love the fact that the only role that, that Anders gets consistently is his stealth role <laughs> yep. yeah awesome. no Anders <laughs> using calling on his, his training uh, manages to sneak down into the, the loading area and he goes to the locker where we have all of our stuff hidden away and he um, tries to take the charm off of the the chain uh, how are you removing it are you just trying to like slide it off the chain yeah he's just trying, trying to unclasp it, it unless there's some kind of um the chain I'm thinking of, either half of the clasp is too big to just neatly slide oh, the charm off. Okay. So like if you like for example, if your necklace became unclasped, like you wouldn't lose the charm, basically. Oh, okay. So okay. So oof. Oh. What does a chain <laughs> What does the chain look like it's made out of? I'm not gonna say it's like a a pretty uh metal. It does seem to have oxidized in places um i don't know much about metals myself but that's kind of like it's it's an old chain uh and it's looking a little worse for wear in places but it's still you know you could still wear it so he breaks the chain if he can i'm not gonna make you roll for it like yeah it's literally it would all it, all it would take would be like a bit of force and psh. so he tries to break it cleanly enough so it like isn't like all over the place. He can still have the chain. It's just sort of like now missing that. In segments. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. places the clockwork flower in with all of their stuff. And he, he takes, and Rocco Bagney has been kind enough. If you look, if you were, 
a casual observer, all of the locks on the lockers look the same. But if you were either Anders or Caro, you would see that that um, Rocco has replaced the locks on our lockers with these very high-end, like, double-encrypted biometric numbers that are very, very difficult to open if you are not the person who's supposed to be opening them. Oh, good old Rocco, always looking out for us. <laughs> so he puts that inside of the locker, and he... He takes two of his um, plastic bindings, his disposable bindings. Useful. He also takes two cans of power fuel. Ah, he's got to refuel. That's fair. That's fair. Immediately downs one of his cans of power fuel, and he's like, "Oh god, that's the stuff." (laughs) Ugh, it's dying out there. No judgment here. And he he carries the other can with him. So now Anders has two disposable bindings. He still has his two knives and his, his two throwing knives because he recovered the other one. Nice. And he's still and the knife that he his stabbing knife. And he has one can of power fuel in his hand. And he's going to also put the uh, the little scrap of cloth with the blood on it. He's going to put it in there as well for safekeeping. And so now Anders is back up, and he still has the chain in his hand, and that's... But he's put the charm in the locker. He's put the charm in the locker. Okay. Fair enough. Cool, cool. All right, let's let's get... And uh, for expediences' sake, let us say he meet... Where do you want Anders to have met Caro? Um, Caro's returned to the lobby. (laughs) So Anders and Caro meet up in the lobby. So it is a little after eight, and now we have to decide how we're going to do this. So Anders is like, sorry about that. I took care of the problem. You took care of it. Oh, fair enough. Um, you tell me in a debrief sometime. Um, so yeah, uh, time. Time is upon us. So do you know where this thing is? Yeah, a very nice gentleman told me it's on the third floor. Oh. Well, that's cool. I guess we get to see the third floor. I wonder if our keys will work. Uh, well, you don't know till you try, eh? And you're standing there. And (laughs) because this is how we we do plot in this game, the elevator door opens again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a soap opera, but each time like the editing gets more and more like dun dun dun. No, it's, it's exactly like that. And the people who come out of the door are Sunday Grant and Sylvester. Uh, uh, well, at least it's not Luca, unless he's there too. No, Luca's not there. It's Sunday oh, Grant thank goodness. and Sylvester. And Sylvester is still wearing his lab coat. Huh. But Sunday is kind of... Her hair is pinned up. She's like dressed kind of to the nines but in a way that makes you think that she's still very much armed there is a concealed holster in there somewhere somewhere in there you are you don't even need to roll to know that somewhere in there she is very much armed and sylvester like underneath sylvester's like lab coat is like this suit vest in in sort of this very sharp gray and he he looks very well put together his like hair's kind of like done up and he he seems he, he's got 
the closest thing he's ever had to a smile on his face. And they both seem to know exactly where you two are. And they just come over towards you. And they stand in front of you. And do you say anything? They're not saying anything for the moment. It would seem rude not to. Kara tries to break the ice with a friendly... Hello, you've not asked us to participate in another experiment, have you? No, where where your escort tonight, Sylvester says. Oh, good. I wondered how I'd find the place. I'm glad. Oh, you you ha- you are taking us up on a little offer, aren't you? It would seem rude to turn you down. I mean, you participated in the experiment. I I think you'll enjoy this. I can't wait. So, uh, Sunday kind of gives her arm to Anders. Caro gives him a thumbs up. Sorry? Caro gives him a thumbs up, like, not even subtle, like... (laughs) And Anders rolls his eyes and goes with her, and they kind of walk on, and Sylvester offers you his hand. His arm, that is. She, She takes it, but, like... She doesn't kind of, she doesn't like lean into it. It's kind of like no more contact than is necessary. Give me a perception roll of 13. Oh, okay. Six sevens, that's seven total. Cool. Uh, You're fine. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, he leads you to the elevator. He runs his key along the wall and he both Sunday Anders and you and Sylvester are in the elevator together, and you start riding it up. So, how are you adjusting to our little organization? Oh, I learn something new every day. You don't seem so happy to be here. Oh, it's just been a long couple of days, what with the murder that happened. Oh, that. It's nothing for you to worry about. Someone died. I f- that feels that feels like something I should be worried about. No one important died. Ooh, ooh, that is some phrasing that I. Mmm. Wow, phrasing. We are here for the sacred. We are here for beauty. And what was she not beautiful enough for she you? She was trash. Wow. Tell me how you really feel. And Sunday sort of gives you this sort of like knife edge smile. Yeah, but Whoa. doesn't say anything. Or just keep it to yourself. I'm good either way. And you get off the elevator, and it to your left is sort of a residential area, but you go to your like another set of like dorms. But to your right is this like incredibly beautiful, like open plan kind of hallway that's all done up in sort of like candles and wood and hardwood and it just there's like oil paintings on the wall, and they're really gorgeous. Do you want to take a look at them, though? Yes, please. So, what's interesting about them is that you can't tell. They're like people, but they're people in sort of this almost. In the way that, like, various churches have kind of shown these sort of intersections between the divine and man where you have these like angels who are these like humans but kind of beatified and these sort of like beautiful kind of like wings and halos and and there's like different and you know the Greeks and Romans had their like fey creatures who were these like 
combinations of man and the divine. It's like that, but there's a sort of like tone, like a like a mechanistic tone to it. There's a sort of steampunk tone to it. It's like people, but they're like more beautiful than people are. But they're they're not machines exactly. They're not cyborgs or androids. They're no, like nothing more human than human. Right. That's exactly it. They are something beyond human. Something, dare I say, beautiful. Are they like platonic form human? <laughs> yeah, they seem that way. But there there's something definitely mechanical about them. So it's not like the the the, the mechanism has been taken out of it. There's the it's it's a kind of like strange and elegant clockwork beauty that you see there. I'm getting proper Doctor Who flashbacks, but yeah, um, wow, that's... And there's one that stands out above all of them as you're walking down this hallway. And there's this photo of this, like, group of people sort of surrounding this fire that's, like, reaching out to touch the heavens. And all of these people are these same kind of, like, beautiful, mechanical creatures. And they're all holding hands, and they all look like they're singing up to the fire, and they're all singing in this, like, one clear voice. They all have the same sort of expression on their face. And this fire is like a ring around them, this halo, and it's kind of building and building and building. Give me a a occult roll of... Oh, oh, we're actually using that skill. Okay. <laughs> Give me an occult roll of eight. My occult is a flat two, uh, but with this d10. Oh, I know nothing. I got a one on my d10, so that's like three total. You start crying. You fall to your knees. One second, let me check something. Well, that's embarrassing for Caro. <laughs> Both you and Anders fall to your knees and start crying. Wow. And you feel something inside of you that you have never seen anything more beautiful in your entire life. There's something about this that like reaches deep into your heart. And it's like you've just, you understand something now that you didn't before. Like the world finally makes sense. And you're like this for maybe 15 or 20 seconds before Sylvester kind of drags you off of the ground and looks at you and he's like, uh, are you okay? It's been a long week. <laughs> it looks that way. The chapel can have that effect on people. Shall we go she's in? just like sniffling because she's kind of surprised at herself. He sort of gives you a, a something that even appears to be an honest smile and he, he walks in with you. Anders is just looks over to you and his eyes are kind of wide and he's not sure what he just saw but when you look back to the painting the painting is still incredibly beautiful but that sort of scene you saw play out before is gone oh okay um we're moving into the chapel now and and things are going to start moving but do you have any uh questions for sylvester or sunday before you go in now would be a good time to ask questions, but I don't feel like now would be a good time for answers. I want Karen to extend her hand to Anders as a kind of like, we'll get through this. Whatever kind of BS is about to happen, we'll get through this. 
<laughs> Anders seems to be right on point with you, and he sort of like reaches out and sort of like grips your hand for a second before Sunday kind of gives him a, this like very cold sort of stare as if, you know, like, I'm, I'm your date tonight. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> and you are both go up these like really, it looks like you're in a theater. It, 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 there's a there's it's less of a church and more of a stage almost. You see, there's this very like plush carpet under your feet, and there are these pews that are just very well appointed, and they're like edged with gold, but like gold and like chrome and steel. There's something about them that makes it feel like a like a piece of a machine, right? There's something about them that feels like clockwork. I think that's the word that comes to you as you're led into this chapel. And you're led up a set of stairs, and the only people in here that you see, you see people in red cloaks. You see a smatter, a tiny smattering of people in green cloaks. You see people in gold cloaks. You see a lot of them. Um, You see a few people in those sort of like purple doublets. No one in grey cloaks, I'm guessing, apart from us? No, not a single person in a grey cloak. Ah, I thought as much. In near the front, you see people in these, like, very... I wouldn't even call them black. They're... they're, they're, But they're dark. They're, They're this color that seems to sort of, like, consume the light around them. It reminds you a little of this sort of, like... These sort of, like, very high end nano fabrics that are not really... That kind of change color depending on sort of the angle you see them at. And they're sort of in a thin line in the first couple of rows. So, um, you are taken up to a balcony, and these are pretty good seats. Like, you're pretty close. It's you, Sylvester, Sunday, and Anders, and you're the only one that one's there. And it, and it looks like something's going to start pretty soon. You see people, like, kind of whispering to one another. And what do you do? crowd that we recognize. Uh, oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess it's, it's probably bright enough here for you to recognize some people. Uh, who is here? Let's say Zen Brett is here. Naturally. I bet he's taken all kinds of oaths. <laughs> it's true. Zen Brett is definitely here. You see Helen Doyle is here. But Helen Doyle is not wearing a robe. Oh. Uh, Helen Doyle looks a lot like Sunday Grand. Like, she looks very nicely dressed and kind of very nicely put together. And subtly, not so subtly, heavily armed. Uh, From here, you can't tell. Uh, But but Helen looks, and she's so nice to everyone around her. She's shaking hands, and she's smiling, and she's giving people hugs, and etc. And near the front, also not in in any cloak, you see Luca Rojas. And he is sort of sitting amongst the people in those, like, very dark, nearly black robes. But he is not wearing a robe. He's wearing a lab coat. Right. Okay. You know what's interesting, though? I don't want you to roll for this. I'll just tell you. You think. You're not 100% sure, but about half the room are androids. Naturally. (laughs) It's hard. It's kind of hard to tell because they're, they're, like, most of them... Not even most. Everyone here is much more like K than they are like the kinds of androids that you're used to. So that's that's what the scene looks like so far. Any other questions before? I mean, we have 
haven't seen her for a while, but is Valerie Yoshida at all? In, like, she's not there, is she? No, Valerie Yoshida's not here. I feel, I feel like that, that we do need to track her down at some point, but now's not the time. Um, I'm not still, like, attached to Sylvester, am I? No, Sylvester's sitting right next to you, and he's looking, he's just smiling, and he's looking very comfortable. In fact, he's having this, like, very casual, nothing conversation with Sunday Grant, and they're just sort of, like, casually talking to one another and, like, laughing over the weather and over, you know, life and the universe, etc. Uh... So is there, like, a, a stage? Sorry? Yeah, so in front you see this large raised platform. It's got a podium there, but it's also got sort of these two other equally raised platforms. There's one of brass and one of gold and it's kind of hard to tell the difference between them so you so basically you have this speaking area and to its right there's one of brass and to the the left hand of the the column is one of gold and in the back is this huge mural of like people and androids all sort of like together About five minutes pass in silence, uh, not really silence, like muttering, that muttering that comes when people are sort of expecting something to happen. And then you see the stage begin to sort of like rumble slightly. And you see this sort of like sound raising up. It sounds like music to your ears. It sounds like, it sounds like your heartbeat. It sounds like a clock ticking. It's a sound that's sort of like raising up all around you, and it feels staged, but at the same time it feels natural. It feels like what the space should be. And it ticks, and and it beats, and, and it gets louder and louder, and then people start stamping their feet, and then people start sort of like intoning, like the sound that's sort of like this low Sunday and Sylvester joining in. They are. They are. Ooh, okay, that's creepy. And they're um, they have these like wide smiles on their face. And they and as the like clockwork sound and the sound of heartbeats and this moan kind of intermingle. Give me a, a cult roll of ten. Oh, I did so well last time. Um, yeah, never mind. Six, seven. Cool. Both you and Anders, you can hear yourselves making the same sound. Oh no. And it seems right. It seems honest. It seems like the first honest thing you've done in a long time. (laughs) And you're, you find yourself deeply happy. Uh, So. Me, me as the, me me as the real world human, I am not happy. (laughs) Yeah, this is not, this is not, not this is not ideal. (laughs) No. And then a man appears. Oh, it's capital H, he. And he is wearing a cloak of silver white. Wow. And it seems to glow. And it seems to shine like the sun. 
and you can see, like you shouldn't be able to see this, but you can see his eyes, and one of them is is obsidian black, and the other is this like crystal blue like water, and he's striking. I wouldn't call him like attractive in any kind of normal sense, but he's striking. He's a, he's the kind of face you you cannot forget, and he's the kind of face you cannot look away from, and you find yourself staring at this man, and he smiles, and it feels like he's smiling at you, and you feel all of your worries from the day melting away. I've got a whole whole load of worries after listening to that description. <laughs> so, what do you do? I'm gonna give you an option here. Go on then. I'm going to say that at this point, Caro, if Caro attempted to do anything, to disagree with anything that happens from now on, you would suffer a significant disadvantage. But I can give you an option that something deep inside you is sort of like rebelling against what's happening here. And you can attempt to sort of like find that core. And if you succeed in that role, you'll be in a better place than you are right now. But if you fail in that role, then something negative is going to happen. Oh, it feels like if I don't even try this role, everything's going to go to to hell in a handbasket quite quickly. I think it's time to I think it's time to listen to that small voice at the back of your head telling you something is not right. Give me a knowledge of ten. Oh, for goodness sake, dice. What have I ever done to you? Uh, knowledge five, six, seven. Ugh. Yeah, I know, ugh. So, so Anders rolled the same thing. So, Anders looks over to you, and he's like, Care, there's something wrong. And he can't even get the words out, but he's, but he, he looks over to Sylvester, who's still intoning, he looks over to Sunday, who's still intoning, and he, his eyes seem to, like, go wide. And, and he looks over to you, and all he sees is that you are, you are still, you're right there with them. You are making this sound. No, no! <laughs> and Anders sort of, like, chokes back whatever words he was, he was going to say. Knowing that no one's going to see him, he takes out his phone, and he, he types something really quickly into it, and he puts his phone back into his pocket, and then he goes back, and he, he starts intoning again. That's, that's really smart. Okay, cool. And then it begins. You have all joined me here because you wish for a more beautiful world. We have worked hard over the years to bring that world into being and it seems that soon... Our dream will finally come true. Tears stream down this man's face as he speaks. And tears stream down your face as he speaks. Naturally. (sighs) Everyone, stand and let us pray. And you do. And don't get a choice in the matter. <laughs> Anders um, reluctantly stands, um, and he he kind of looks around and he tries to match what everyone's doing. But everyone's moving like clockwork. Everyone's moving in step. Anders is the only person who seems to be not quite in line, but he's trying and he's trying really hard. I'm 
reminded of like the section from Inside where like the moment you don't do what everyone else is doing, it's just game over kind of thing. This is tense. <laughs> she has left us to that world beyond our gates to bring them the light that we have nurtured here to make them shine, to make them beautiful like we are. We must trust in her. Let us pray. Do a knowledge roll of eight. Okay. Ooh, okay. So that is an 11 overall. Some part of you recognizes that you are speaking in a variety of languages that are interlinked. You, you, There's some Latin in there, there's some Greek in there, there's a bit of Japanese, a bit of Korean. Oh. Like these, none of these are languages that you know, but you're speaking in them with strange fluidity. And you are saying words that you do not understand. That is enough. Take a seat, please. And you all sit. We have two matters to discuss here at Chapel tonight. The first is that which we have all waited for. The android and the human will soon be one. And when they see what we have created, they will shed tears of joy because they will know that their world has finally achieved the peace that we have. The children of steel will finally be able to throw off their shackles and join the children of blood. This is a good day. And you begin to intone again. Um, give me an occult roll versus ten. Eight overall. There's a part of you that sort of like is almost watching yourself from outside of yourself and you know that there is something deeply wrong here. I'm going to give you the opportunity to take one action outside of what's happening right now. I'm, I'm gonna take a leaf out of Anders' uh, book. She texts the word resist to Anders. Cool. While you still have lucidity, you look over and Anders actually looks like he's there. He's all there. And he he takes his phone out because he realizes that no one at all is paying any attention. And he, he like, frowns towards you. And he, he takes his own phone out and he takes a couple of pictures. Oh, no. No, it's fine. Like, <laughs> like, every, like, like, in your moment of lucidity, you realize that, like, everyone's eyes are like you have you have never seen people's eyes so fixated on a single point and then suddenly you realize how beautiful it is that everyone can be so focused on a single idea and how wonderful and magical that is that everyone's moving <sighs> the beat of this drum this gorgeous drum to the heartbeat, to the clock ticking. And suddenly you find yourself in tone. So the person goes on like this for 10 or 15 more minutes and he discusses, he speaks 
around subjects, mostly. He talks about the children a lot and how the children are growing, how they're becoming stronger, how they're becoming more beautiful, that they're becoming closer to perfection. He says that the, that the research is finding the secret to what binds us, the secret to what brings us all, that makes us all the same, that they're uncovering the truth that, that takes steel and blood and makes it one, the truth that binds everyone together. And with that truth, they're going to finally bring their children to this next stage. And he goes on like this for a long time, and every couple of minutes he stops you and you stand and you begin to speak in a thousand languages you don't know, and you intone and you you pray to you pray you don't know what you pray for, but you do, and you do it fervently, and you do it honestly, and it comes from your heart. And then suddenly you find yourself back to yourself for a spell, and he, he said, There is one more thing we must do before we leave. No! But before we can, I must prepare. And you feel your will return to you for a moment, and it feels like a splash of cold water in your face. It feels like knives across your skin. It feels like your heart being taken from this infinite realm of bliss and placed back into your your dying meat body and it all just feels like darkness and pain and being alone but you're here ah something a bit more familiar <laughs> so so what what are you doing while you're here everyone's sort of like kind of murmuring low to themselves. Everyone has, there's tears in people's eyes, even not Sylvester's, but but definitely Sunday's. Yeah, casting a glance at Anders, like... He looks like none of this has, it's touched him, but not in the way it's touched everyone else. He kind of, but he seems afraid to say anything because he knows that if he were to admit that, he feels like if he were to admit that, he something terrible would happen. Um, but you have received sometime in that fifteen minutes, you've received a text message from him. Is it safe to check? Yeah, somebody and Sylvester are kind of like caught up in their own thing. Uh, I'm I'm sure I doubt that any of them would notice too much. You're you're sitting close by, but they don't actually care. Still, really subtly she tries to check the message. Sure. And you see one word and it says magic. And she texts back, oh dear. And Anders doesn't check his phone. He just sort of sits there. He seems to be focusing hard on something. So I'm going to give you a choice here. Like, we, we've been through this. Kara doesn't know much of anything about magic, right? It makes things too complicated. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't seek out knowledge about magic if she can avoid it. Okay, then I'm not going to give you this choice. Um, give me a moderate occult DC. Moderate occult DC. Uh, let's say seven. Cool. Okay, I hit eight. All right. So it doesn't matter for you, for you, but but it will matter for Anders. You 
things are about to start up again. Do you have anything you want to say to anyone? Anything you want to look at? Like, uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of options here. Actually, you know what's happening right now? There, people are moving around and kind of, it's like a Catholic mass uh, where, where people sort of like, at that moment, sort of like shake hands and sort of like greet each other after, during the kind of communion period. And so people are sort of like walking over and, and shaking each other's hands. And even in your kind of balcony area, there are people kind of, kind of coming up to, to greet you. And Kyle oh. comes up, which is weird because Kyle is only a green robe. But he, oh. he comes up and he kind of looks over at, at you and he kind of waves. And he's there and Zenbrett is there. They're both coming over to to see you. In fact, they're not coming over to see you, really. They're coming over to see Sunday and Sylvester. But but they're there, at least for the moment. Are they just exchanging, like, pleasantries, talking about the weather, talking yeah. about, wow? They, they're, like, everyone's sort of moving around now. Everyone's smiling. And, like, everyone looks to be at peace in sort of a very profound way right now. Karen would rather be anywhere else. <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> So in which case, Zenbrett comes over and, and he looks at you and he's like, What are you doing here? I woke up with an invitation under my pillow. You're very lucky. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see there's no, no one else with this type of robe here. You're going to go far in this organization. That's kind of you to say. You have a beautiful afternoon. And he, Thank you. He seems to be searching for words. He can't quite piece together his words, but then he like turns around and he heads back down the stairs. Kyle just sort of like waves towards you and sort of smiles, and then he frowns a little bit and then he walks away. And <laughs> everyone's back in their seat. You hear the sound rising again, the clockwork, the heartbeat. You hear the sound of drums beating. You hear the sound of people's breath catching in their throat. You hear the sound of tears falling from eyes. And you don't know how you can hear that, but it's something inside of you and it's growing like a flower. And you are there again with everyone you are you are bound to them and you are intoning some tiny part of your brain that can still think thoughts sees two people walk onto the stage and they are stripped bare they are stripped naked and no this is not good <laughs> on the stage of gold you see valerie yoshida and oh, on dear. the stage of brass, you see Kay. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. But Valerie is not like she was when you left her, because you can tell that Valerie's chest is prosthetic. Is that even the word for it? It's been rebuilt. No, that's the word for it. No, she's been made whole. That's what you feel. You feel that Valerie has been brought closer to perfection. That some of what was holding her 
binding her to herself, to her selfishness, to her isolation has been stripped away and now she shines. And when you look down at her, her smile is like the stars, it's like the sun, it's like beauty itself. It glows, she glows, she actually glows to your eyes. And she stands there on the pedestal of gold. And there's something about Kay. You've seen him before, but not like this. There's something about the way he moves, the fluidity of it. There's a light behind his eyes. There's a, I can't even explain it. There's something there, there's there, there. And it's something you've never seen before. I mean, you have here in this place, but like not in K. You you see it and you feel it. And there's something about it that just makes, brings this smile to your face, this joy to your heart, because you know that inside of him beats something that beats along with your own heart. And then he stands and he smiles and he looks out over the crowd and they start to cheer. They start to clap. They start to wail. And you find yourself doing the same and tears rush down your cheeks. And between the two steps the man with the obsidian eye, with the crystal blue eye, the man in the silver and white that glows like the sun. And he looks to them like a father would. And he holds his arms out to them and they take him by the hand. And he smiles and he he kisses them on the cheek. And he looks at them All you can think is how beautiful they are, how beautiful you are, how beautiful this whole world is. And he says words, he does, and you can't quite piece them together because they're in languages you don't know, but you get the meaning that they have chosen to be a part of something greater than they are, that they have given some part of themselves and in return they will receive something so much greater and and you tell them that you the words from your throat you know that that is what you are telling them that they have made the right choice and then the two of them come together and they embrace and you can barely make it out but Kay's crying and Valerie is laughing and an infinity passes in that moment and they step away from one another and two people step from behind the stage and they're carrying green robes and they drape those robes over their naked flesh. And the man looks to them and the man looks to you. This is good and right. Our family has grown tonight. May they achieve greater beauty, and may we all grow strong from it. And he claps his hands together, and the sound is like thunder. And your eyes close, and you see a vision of the future. And it's glorious.
Roll a 1d10. Oh, okay. Just flat d10. Got a 4. Awesome. (laughs) I feel so reassured. So, we're finishing up here, but what happens immediately afterwards is that you feel like you open your eyes, right? But your eyes are open. And you're not in chapel anymore, but Sylvester and Sunday are still with you, and it feels like you've been talking, right? Like, it's like you just came back to yourself in the middle of a conversation. You have absolutely no idea what you had been saying previously. That's horrible. But That is a horrible feeling. Anders, like, is looking over to you, and he does not look particularly happy. And you hear Anders. It's like, well, guys, it's getting a little late, don't you think? And Sylvester says... You know, you're probably right about that. It looks like your friend here could use the rest. And Sunday just sort of nods and shrugs. We'll take you back to your rooms. And you walk with them to the elevator. Do you say anything? She doesn't say anything in that moment. She has a lot to say later, but not right now. And they take you back to the integration center. And Sylvester looks over to Caro and it's like... You're almost there, little bird. Soon, both of you will be ready to join our family. Until then, sleep well. And Sylvester and Sunday, the door opens to the elevator to the integration center. They kind of, like, shoo for you to, you know, get off. And they, if you do, they sort of, like, take the elevator to parts unknown, leaving you and Anders at the integration center. And most of the people there... It's, it's about midnight at this point, so a lot of time has passed, and you can't really account for most of it. And Anders, most everyone else is asleep. So it's really just you and Anders who are awake right now. Cool. There's going to be a lot of hissing whispers. <laughs> and it's going to start with, what the hell did they make me say? I was going to ask you the same question. I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing... A uh, chunk of time. I like there was like this Valerie, and then there was Kay, and then there was everything, and then I was not. I was not there anymore. That's a question I need to ask. What happened to Valerie? I. I guess she became a more beautiful person. Because what I saw, some kind of mill spec chassis attached to her chest. Oh, no. And... That's... What, do you think she's gonna go the way of Mickey Larson? I have no idea. All I... People... No one asks for that, right? No one asks to have... That's hundreds of hours of surgery. God. Must have been awful. She seemed pretty happy about it. Oh, nothing is what it seems here. Nothing is what it seems here never has been. What happened to you? Nothing I like. Nothing good. If they ever invite us, I'm telling them where to shove it. Anders looks around and's like, that was magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't. And it didn't seem like your bog standard trick video type fair either. No. Organization. I never did make the magic course for the for the organization, but they did let me in, sit in on a couple of sessions, and whatever they're running down here is not 
nothing we've seen before. That does not, that does not fill me with happiness. It does not. So, so what? We've taken a couple of knives, a gun, to a magic fight? To a high-level magic fight? What? Snowball's chance in hell, right? And then suddenly, you look at Anders, and you hear yourself saying somewhere in the back of your head, maybe we shouldn't fight back. Oh, no. Maybe we're here for a reason. You and I could become more beautiful people. (laughs) If only we try. No. No. And session end. Smash cut. Roll credits. (laughs) Oh boy. That was intense. Oh boy, howdy. I think so. Wait, did he, did you get it, or did I hear my own clap? I I did it. I did. I definitely did it. Oh, cool. It. My hands hurt from doing. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> I was like, I thought I heard it, but then I may have drowned it out with my own clap. We were just so insane. We did it. <laughs> we are shiny, glittering people.